you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. It's time for another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with the one and only Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, Mark? I'm hanging in there, rocking and rolling, and uh, just doing stuff and carrying on. Hope things have been good for you the last week or so. I wanted to ask you a question. I saw this. Uh, uh, we're not going to lead with the uh, with the C virus word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right Hopefully we're beyond that now yeah. and things are leveling out. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But uh, I, got, I saw this. This is kind of interesting. A new study from the Department of Treasury shows that every dollar that Americans save in retirement accounts, that they pull out 20 cents too early, uh, meaning it gets taxed and penalized. This kind of seems bad. Yeah, 20 cents on every dollar? Yeah, that's not not uh, exactly what it was intended for. That's probably why the IRS penalizes you when you take it out too early. So. Okay. Um, yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, um, it's something we do see, uh, not that often, but we do see that um, you've got to be very careful. The the extra penalty is what really hurts, you know, and, and so is this not like, only the tax, but it's an extra 10% if you're under age 59 and a half. Right. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, is this, yep. I wonder if that's kind of like skewing that. Is that where we see people pulling that out, you know, at, at before 59 and a half? I wonder if that's kind of a, a big factor in that. I guess it would be. Oh, yeah. It's a, it, that's where it would come into play. You know, yeah. I mean, the tax is always there. So whenever sure. you pull it out, that's kind of the agreement you made with the IRS, so to speak, is that once that money comes out, you're going to pay tax on it at whatever rate it is you are at that time. And then the penalty is added on top of that, you know, so it depends on what they're pulling it out for. If it's because you're um, making a large purchase, um, that's probably a really bad decision, especially if you're continuing to work, because now all of a sudden this extra distribution from the IRA or 401k is added on top of all your other income. So it's taxed at that highest bracket you're in and above, and then you get the extra 10% penalty. So Mm -hmm. you could lose 30, 40 you know, upwards of 50% by the time you count state tax into it very easily, very ouch, quickly. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't, uh, sometimes when you start to run the math, it really doesn't make sense to take money out of those accounts. Right. So. And, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. So we want to make sure, uh, and now we all want to be as tax efficient as possible, but if you're thinking about pulling money out for a reason, you know, make sure you're talking with your advisor before you do that. So hopefully, uh, maybe you can find some ways to avoid having to take the, the take it out of the account that's going to hit you with that penalty. Yeah, it's funny talking about this. Um, I just was working, or I'm currently working with a client that um, she's beyond the, the 59 and a half, so she didn't have the penalty, but okay. her scenario was more just on the tax aspect of, and this is before I was working with her, so she had purchased a, an RV and had money in the, the retirement account, so she took out a big chunk of money out of the retirement account to pay for this RV not seeking the advice and realizing the thousands of tens of thousands of dollars that cost her in taxes to mm. do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, yeah, be very, very careful when you're taking money out of retirement accounts. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, so uh, hopefully I'm, you know, I'm glad she's working with you now. So, um, then, you know, hopefully you avoid that. Yeah. You see that a lot too. It seems to be like vehicles sometimes seem to be a culprit for that. Yeah. I, I've yeah, heard numerous yeah, car. stories. Well, yeah. And she was, she, so she just recently purchased a car and, and came back to me and was asking, okay, so should we take money out of the IRA account again? I'm like, okay, well let's run the math and I can show you why not to do that. Right. Probably right. Right. 
really makes sense to pay interest, you know, as long as it's a, a reasonable interest rate over a shorter period of time from a tax standpoint can help levelize that liability out, even though you don't like to pay interest, but it, it mathematically long-term might play out to your advantage. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, on this episode, uh, on our main topic here this week, Phil, I am going to not let you hit me with the, it depends resolution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it depends. It depends. Cause that's, that's like the financial advisors, like go to phrase because everybody, you know, is different. And so sometimes when we're talking about some of this stuff, I realize it's hard for you to get into the specifics because we're trying to keep it general so that it you know, appeals to a, a wider audience. And so it depends becomes a, an often used term. Sure. Uh, and, uh, but let's, let's kind of talk about some things that some financial truths that we, that we feel pretty confident we can state with some, with some certainty. Okay. So we're going to go that route this time around and, uh, and not let you go with the, it depends option. So, uh, Absolutely. I am going to go, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go ahead and turn around and pick on the current environment with the old television, uh, it can be, man, it's just such an enemy. <laughs> it's just, when it comes to the financial stuff, I mean, it's bad enough, all the political news and everything else we get hit with every day, but the financial news, it's just as bad. And it can really, I think I feel pretty confident that we could say that's a solid financial truth that TV can be a really big enemy to whatever we're trying to get accomplished because it's all negative all the time or mostly anyway. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always sensationalized. Um, you know, I, I often will tell clients or prospective clients I'm working with, you know, whenever you're getting any kind of financial news or information, looking at that source, you have to understand or analyze why are they telling you it? Right. You know, I mean, it used to be in a day and era that news was news. It was reporting facts and, and, and that's still true to some extent, but I think it's gotten more sensationalized and, you know, you've got to take it with a grain of salt, understand at the end of the day, why are they reporting? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's important to understand you know, the, the recent outbreak and everything that's happened there, but yet, you know, the volatility in the market and everything that took place, be very careful in making potentially life-changing decisions based on something on the, the TV that you heard, right? Right. Yeah. You just got to be really careful. Where are you getting your financial information? Uh, don't, don't make hasty decisions based on it. Think it through. Okay. So if that is one financial truth, it's linked and tied ever so well to our emotions because that's that's the whole point right we kind of yep. fall for whatever the case is and emotions are rarely our friend when making financial decisions kind of to the rv right <laughs> you were just right, talking exactly. about I mean, yeah. it's i want it i've got the money let's buy it right so. right yeah and that's um emotions are unfortunately how we make decisions i mean that's we're emotional beings you know unfortunately we a lot of times make emotional decisions and then try to rationalize it at the end as to why it made sense to do that. So you've got to understand yourself and, and just make sure you're controlling your emotions the best you can, you know, understand. And that's really you personally understanding yourself because everyone's a little bit different. Right. I'm, I'm more of the analytical type. I, although I do make emotional and, and hasty decisions sometimes like that financially, but um, that's just human nature. So yeah. Yeah. Not saying that we're, you know, be a robot because we're not going to no. be able to do that. But, you know, we tend to override, you know, our, our emotions override things. And so having as much, I don't know, logic or math or a good dose of that as we can get, hopefully will help aid us in making less of those emotionally based decisions. Right. And it's, you know, having that, uh, break, so to speak of never making just an instant decision yet, we're going to do this. Um, and that's just typical sales. I mean, if you look at any 
used car salesman using the kind of the old adage. I mean, that's all always is always like, oh, the deal's going to expire at the end of the day. You got to do it now, do it now, do it now. Right. right. Any, any hasty decision like that typically is not going to be a good decision. Not always. I mean, sometimes it's absolutely the case, you know, but they're playing on emotions. Um, and that's, it's funny with married couples, very often you'll have in a couple, one is more emotional than the other, and it's a good balance, you know, so talk it through, you know, maybe between the two of you, if you are balanced like that, you can kind of reason it out. And, you know, the, the one that's more the emotional decision maker can help bring the other person that's all statistics and numbers and along to making a decision. Cause that's the flip side of that too, is that if you're that analytical type, maybe you're going to analyze it to death and you never make a decision. Right, well, that right. can be just as bad as making an emotional decision. Yeah. Overanalyze it to death. My wife does that when she's on the Amazon app and she's looking for something. She's like, I'm trying to find something. And, uh, and then she'll go through like 47 variations of whatever it is she found. I was like, well, which one did you buy? None of them. I couldn't make a decision. You know? <laughs> And it's like, well, uh, yeah, it's That's called, what happens when there's too many options. Right? Yeah, it's called para- uh, analysis paralysis, right? Yep. So, yep. and we do that in finances all the time. So, uh, all right. So that's a so two financial truths down. TV can be a big enemy. Emotions can also be a big enemy. And then our buddy, our good pal, the market. Um, yes. It is here's the I am going to go on record, Phil, with an amazing, mind altering declaration about there about the market. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's going to do something. <laughs> that's that's right. Well, I'm a real prognosticator. I, <laughs> You're making a big commitment. I'm making there, a big commitment, it's right? It's going to do something. It's, it's going to do flat. something. It, right. So it just, it moves in cycles and we have, you know, we're, we've been really spoiled. Like it's just been on this run for a while. And, and you know, this, this drop here recently has been evident of these, of the overreaction um, that comes with the fact that this thing can't climb forever. Absolutely. Be great. And, and it's again, back to the, the previous discussion on emotions, right? I mean, we, we kind of lose sight of what it really looks like, you know, markets do move in cycles and, and it's not always this upward trending, you know, always a positive return type scenario. I mean, you're gonna, at some point have corrections. That's a healthy market. That's what it needs to do. Right. You know, at some point it's going to end up correcting and seeing, I mean, it was the, the coronavirus most recently and, a little over a year ago, it was the the trade deal with China and interest rates caused a bunch of volatility. You know, so to yeah. me, it just says the market's really nervous right now. It does not take much for what? it to start having all sorts of volatility. Well, well let me let me let me ask you about at that. At some point, so, it's going to turn. Yeah, so, which is fine. That's what it needs. To That's do. what it needs to do. Yeah, but like you mentioned, the trade deals, for example. Yet, you know, there was times through nineteen where that was all the news, and it was like, oh, you got, you know, we got to be careful and blah blah blah. And yep, yet, yep. look how nineteen ended up. Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I mean, off, off the 18 drop. But sure. Yeah, I mean, right. It was, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, it, once the sensationalization of the, you know, the whole trade deal fell apart and everything was going to happen and all the industries are going to collapse because we can't do trade. And I mean, all this <laughs> right. sensationalism right. when they finally realize, okay, yeah, they're, they're working it out. It's going to, you know, right. Yeah. We're going to have some potential risk with it, whatever it happens. Right. You, know, you can yep. plan on volatility and that in, in your long-term investment plan. Just make sure it doesn't affect the money you're currently spending. You know, it's funny when we were just talking about this. I don't know why it hit me out of the blue, but 
it's always the same. I, I started thinking about the whole Y2K thing. You remember? Yep. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember it, that. that. Planes was, yeah. are going to drop out of the sky, you yep. know, and it's like, and it was really like all over the place, you know, and, and mainstream media and nothing oh, yeah. ever really changes. And it was like, you know, not really one thing I think got, you know, of any consequence was altered by you know, switching over to two, the year 2000. I mean, there were some minor hiccups here and there, but yeah, you know, but nothing, nothing major. You know, it was trend, funny. I remember, yeah. I remember back then watching, okay, okay. Let's well, see this time zone hit it and this, you know, country hit it and well, nothing's happened there. And, right. Right. <laughs> no power outages. Nothing went on. Yeah, all, Everything's know. still working. All the systems are going. Trains didn't stop running. You know, it's just, yep. we just get so, I think there's a portion, well, what is it? The uh, rubbernecker syndrome, right? When there's a car accident, right. we want to slow down and look. There's definitely a bit of a um, a dark, you know, something to all of us, I think. And we sometimes look for that kind of, oh, no. And the market, you know, dipping down brings that, you know, we, oh, no, here comes the end or whatever. So, yep. uh, yeah, so that's definitely another solid financial truth. And another one, and this one kind of, I think this works really well with all of these, is that, uh we're just we're not as risk tolerant as we think we are because you can see the prior four categories that we just talked about and they kind of all pull together. Um, you wouldn't get so worried about some of these things if you understood your risk, if you understood how you were allocated and things like that. And often you think you do and you wind up being wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very often working with clients, they're you know think they're comfortable with risk and and they've experienced it in the past. You know, and they're okay with it until they experience it again. Right. You know, we we kind of we forget just we we're talking about. You know, we forget what 2008 looked like and right. felt like. Yeah. You know, I and mean, we got a little bit of a taste of of what it felt like last week, and as quick and volatile as the market was, but yet now we're back. You know, starting to bounce back up, and things are are looking like they're stabilizing. You know, but still a ways yeah, to go. We'll see. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every everyone is always more risk tolerant than what they think they are once they get there. Well, know? the, the I, brain and the body have this great ability. Like, you know, I've, I've mentioned before I had open heart surgery at 41. Obviously there's a lot of pain in the, in the healing and recovery process. They split your chest open. Right. And right. so, um, you know, a couple of years later I'm having back surgery and I'm having problems with my back and the pain. And I'm telling my wife, I'm like, man, I'd take heart surgery again over, you know, over back surgery. And she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. She's like, you were in ridiculous. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you were in ridiculous amounts of pain. I'm like, no, I don't think it was as bad as this. And she's like, yeah, cause you were on drugs. You know, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> That's right. and the brain makes tend, it all better. Yeah. And a couple of years, you know, as years go by, we do tend to get, forgetful towards these things. And I mean, that's part of uh, the great way we're designed, you know, when we lose a loved one, you know, or whatever, you know, time does begin to, as they say, heal all wounds, right? Right. Um, even if it's a financial wound. So it's the same kind of thing. So yeah, just make, realize that we're not all, you know, probably you're more than likely not as risk talent you as you think you are, uh, especially if you're not working with an advisor, because you're not going through the steps and the process to find out where you should be setting for the time of life you're in and in the type of lifestyle you're trying to attain. Right. And I mean, it's, so we play back to that emotions, you know, I, mm -hmm. I would say the same thing on this side. Don't, don't make the emotional decision of now the market's down. I'm not as risk tolerant as I think I was and I'm jumping out because right. that's the worst of all scenarios. You know? Right. Right. And again, it comes back to working with, if you aren't comfortable managing that risk and the emotions yourself, making sure you're working with a, a professional that can help you understand that. Right. And position the risk. I mean, personally, when we're working with risk in a portfolio, you need it long term because that is going to give you long term the growth to keep up with inflation. 
but yet that risk has to be positioned in such a way that it's not going to affect your current income. And if it is, it gives you a little bit more comfort, but it also lets you kind of step back from it and, and understand, okay, it's I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to be able to ride through this and I'm not going to have to you know, eat beans for the next month because I don't have any income to live on. <laughs> right, so. right. Let me, let me ask you a quick question, Phil. On, on, you were talking about, you know, when it was dropping, you know, somebody panicking, maybe and doing the emotions and deciding to jump out, which, you know, how do you respond when people say stuff like, you hear things like, well, you technically didn't lose anything if you didn't sell out, right? Like, so if it's falling, yeah, you're losing, but as long as you, kind of where I'm going with that, it's like if you don't cash it out, then you haven't necessarily lost yet, because if it does rebound and you're still in, then you're going to work your way back up again. Right. And it, I mean, that's, that's the reality. The paper it. loss it's, thing, yeah, right? It's, it's everyone. Yeah. The, the old paper loss theory, right? And it, it is, it's a paper loss. I mean, you didn't, you lost it. The value's gone. If you sold but if you, today, but if you if it didn't sell there, it, you, it, you haven't technically lost any money yet, like physical right. money yet. Yeah. You, you haven't locked in what actually happened until you're out. Once you sell, now you've locked it in. Right. Now you did actually lose because you're not able to recover. And some people the like to subscribe to, to the, back, so. they, they like to subscribe to that different ways. And I guess it also depends on the age you are, right? You say, well, I'm 64. No, dang it. I lost it because I don't have time for it to come back. Or at least I don't think I do. Right. Or whether you're 45 or whatever. Right. And, and again, that comes back to kind of the generalization of retirement. I'm not a big fan of all the rules of thumb. Yeah. You know, okay. Because they're, they're, they're great concepts, right. And mm-hmm. in, in kind of general direction, but um, rules of thumb are going to get you in trouble. You know, the old rule of thumb is, oh, as I get into retirement, I've got to be ultra conservative. Right. Well, not necessarily. Right. I mean, right. yeah, to some extent with some of the money, absolutely, because of volatility and sequence of returns risk and pulling the money out, you've got to understand how that works. But yeah, you hopefully are going to be in retirement 20, maybe 30 years. So you have to be able to hedge against inflation long term. Gotcha. You know? So you've got yeah. to Risk is the only way that, that that's going to happen as long as it's controlled and, and managed in your overall portfolio and strategy, then it's okay. All right. Well, then uh, i sorry I deviated there, but I just wanted yep. to kind of get your take on it. So my final solid uh, financial truth that we have on our list is, and it kind of maybe does tie into all this together, is it's like the weight loss thing, right? It's like we all would love to take a pill and be skinny, um, but there is no magic bullet. <laughs> No, absolutely not. (laughs) Same thing with, you know, money and weight and all this. There's no magic bullet. Yeah. And everyone's always looking for, well, what's the right answer? You know, what what should I do? And back to the rules of thumb, there is no rule of thumb that works for everyone. I mean, that's what rules of thumb are. That magic bullet is across everyone in that category. It might work on average. Right, right. Not for you specifically, unless you're that exact average person. Right. Um, you know, so there is no single financial product strategy that is the right option. And we do a lot of Roth conversions is a great thing to talk about with us because, you know, I, I, a big proponent of, of doing Roth conversions if it fits and works for that client. But that doesn't mean that every client has to do Roth conversions. There are some that it just doesn't make sense financially in their scenario, their mix of income and assets. It just does not benefit them, you know, but yet they attended a, a class or a seminar or somebody talked them into, oh yeah, you got to convert today because we're in the lowest tax brackets, which there's a lot of truth in that, but does that apply to you? Yeah, I got you. So back to where you're getting your news from, where you're getting your information, be very careful. How does it fit to you? There's no magic bullet. 
Yeah. No, there's. Uh, it'd be great if there was one thing, but it would certainly either make your job easier or make your job obsolete. If there was one product you could buy that would be twenty percent up every year and never have any loss and yada yada. Oh but yeah, that yeah. Doesn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, we we have that discussion sometimes with clients. I said, look, if that was happening, there'd be a line out the door. Yeah. You know, and I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be on a, a boat somewhere in the Caribbean. That's right. You know, I'd, We'd I'd be have doing... the answer, and everyone wanted it. <laughs> We'd so. be doing this show from Phil's Island. <laughs> That's right. It, it does not exist. Unfortunately, we live in a very imperfect world. Yes, with imperfect Financially people. Financially, yep. it's volatility as you see it. So you have to deal with what we, we've got and, and manage it. Yep. The best you Absolutely. Can. Absolutely. Have a plan. Have Back a plan. Have a plan. That's right. Have a plan. And so those are some solid financial truths, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Of course, great thing about a podcast is you can always pause it, rewind it. If you want to hear something again, uh, you can listen to past episodes and future episodes by subscribing to the podcast at AFSWealthMGT.com. That is AFSWealthMGT.com. That stands for AFS Wealth Management. And of course, Phil is a CPA and a personal financial specialist. And speaking of, real fast, let's do an email question question from Tim before we get out of here. Tim's over in Plymouth and he says, Phil, I've had the same advisor for 20 years, but uh, he is phasing out of the business and passing things on to a younger advisor at the firm. My question is, should we stick with them or is it time to find someone new? I haven't interacted with this new fellow much and I can tell I'm already frustrated by how long it's taking to get responses back to our questions via email. What's your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely might be an indication that it's time to maybe consider somebody else. And we've talked about this concept um, in other podcasts too, but it sounds like you might be getting into a different phase of your life too, where maybe the advisor you had before was on the accumulation phase. You've been working with them for 20 years, especially now working with a younger advisor. Do they have the the skill set, the background, the knowledge to help you in this next phase if you're starting to enter that phase of distribution and retirement? So definitely worth at least having a discussion with the current advisor. You don't want to just jump ship. If you've been with them for 20 years, but if they're not returning phone calls and emails and, and responsive to you, that if they don't have a plan in place to, you know, how they're planning on working with you now through retirement, then it might be time to start looking for somebody else. All right. Well, there you go. Appreciate the email. Yeah. I mean, again, we don't, you know, you didn't give us a lot of details, but it sounds as though if you're already frustrated, sometimes that's a good sign to just go take a look around. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to move and jump ship just yet. It's just go get a second opinion. You know, yep, and get just, a second opinion. Yeah. So we, we do it on the medical very often. Yeah. You know, you, it doesn't hurt on finances. It's one of the biggest decisions you're going to be making as you enter retirement. Assuming you're kind of getting to that stage, it sounds like. So. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, Tim, you've already uh, sent the email. So just make the phone call and come on in and talk to Phil. Uh, that was probably going to be your next step anyway, but I don't want to assume for you. So reach out to him at 248-888-7530. Let him know you want to stop in and say hi and chat about some of the things you got going on and get that second opinion. 248-888-7530. Whether you've gotten this through an email blast from uh, from Phil's newsletter or whatever the case might be, or you found us uh, a friend shared with you, if you have have, uh, not yet subscribed, excuse me, please stop by and do so at whatever podcasting platform you choose, Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever, and just type in Phil's Tax Hacks, or you can go to his website, again, at afswealthmgt.com. That's afswealthmgt.com. Phil's got more than 30 years of experience. He's a CPA and a personal financial specialist. And my friend, I will see you next time here on the show. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. Uh, No problem. I I like talking to you. I always learn something new. We usually have a pretty good time doing this. So we'll see you next time. It's always a good discussion. Yeah, man. It's always a lot of fun. Folks, make sure you do, uh, do us a favor and subscribe, and we will see you next time right here on the program. This has been Phil's Tax Hacks. 
and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.